make sure you like, subscribe, and hit that bell icon. Hello, and welcome to Let's Sip and Talk with Freema. First and foremost, I really do apologize for the technical difficulties. But as we say, we cannot get upset over things we have no control over. Secondly, excuse me for being in my vehicle. I promised my daughter skating today, so she's inside skating. I couldn't leave her. So here we are. But guess what? We have on a very, very special guest, Mr. LeVon Kirkland. He was recognized as the top... top inside linebacker um, in the league. He was inducted into the Hall of Fame for Clemson University, also also South Carolina Athletic Hall of Fame. So we have a great guy on today, someone we can learn from, someone who can share his story and make us feel motivated on this great Sunday. So without further ado, let's bring on Mr. LaVon Kirkland. And there's 80,000 screaming fans all in orange. It's like a king. Lifestyle on camera, hundred thousand dollar chandelier. They tried to turn me to an animal, but white people think I'm radical. Supermodels think I'm handsome. You might think I'm too aggressive, but really I think I'm too passive. Till I pull out the chopper, start blasting. All these singles, straight up, throw it up, watch it fall and drop, running, running, Hello, how are you on this lovely Sunday? Oh, I'm doing well. Thank you so much for asking. and Thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. And thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedule to come on and, and talk with us today. Um, so if you don't mind, tell us a little about yourself today. Yeah, sure. I, I can tell you my story. I'm from a little small town in South Carolina, Lamar, South Carolina. Had a tremendous, um, tremendous parents, tremendous family, four beautiful sisters, three amazing brothers. I am number seven of eight. And we just had a great life. You know, my father really believed in our, our family. Our parents really believed in God, faith and hard work. And we had to do all of it. And, you know, I just really were, I was a kid that had a great imagination. I used to go outside in my front yard. I used to imagine it was a stadium. And uh, that's why I played a lot of my make-believe football. And I ended up one day just throwing the ball up and telling myself that I was going to play pro ball. And I really believed in that vision. And a lot of times they say when you make a commitment, mm-hmm. you know, when you really make a commitment, that's all you need to do is make that commitment. I made that commitment that day. I know it sounds kind of crazy, but I actually made that commitment, made a decision. That's what I was going to do. 
and it really just kind of carried out. So, I but I didn't play football really until the ninth grade. That's my first year playing um, organized football. Then really? I, yeah, it was my first time. I never played pee wee or anything like that, but I played about a thousand games by myself in the in the front yard. And you know, I played with neighborhood kids, but I never played organized ball until I got to the ninth grade. Matter of fact, I've never put on the helmet until I got to the ninth grade. And uh, I was I was so new to it that I didn't even know how to put on thigh pads or knee pads. But I adapted to the game very well. And I had a great, you know, just a great experience in ninth grade. And when I got to the 10th grade, I, I had some commitment issues and my coach called me out on it. But he told me if I continue to if I if I committed to the game that he thought I can go to the next level. And at that point in time, I just committed to the game, committed to everything, and got to Clemson University, wasn't really highly recruited. But I knew hard work because my parents really instilled that, my family instilled that in me. So I went there, I just worked hard, and I just had a lot of fun. Then um, I remember one of the GAs telling me that he thought I could be the best uh, best linebacker ever played there, and wow. I just kind of and I just kind of bought into it. I was like, okay, sure, and I end up having a, a terrific career at Clemson. I end up being the three uh, three time All ACC, two time All American. I won the Gator Bowl in nineteen eighty nine, the MVP of the Gator Bowl. I got drafted in the second round with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Had a incredible eleven seasons two-time All-Pro, two-time MVP for the Pittsburgh Steelers, linebacker of the year one year. And then uh, I won – I was in – I was voted on the team, the 1990s All-Decade team. So pretty good career. Not a bad – not bad for a guy from a very small town. Not bad at all. Oh, right. And it gives a lot of the little people here feeling like, okay, I'm stuck here. I can't, you know, I'm not going to be noticed or what have you, but you're here to tell us that's not true. I mean, well, yeah. that's amazing. Well, yeah, I, I think if when God gives you a talent, you know, it doesn't really matter where you're from. If you can take advantage of the opportunities. And I, I really feel that if you adopt great habits, you stay focused on your goal, um, you lean on your teammates, and that means when I say lean on your teammates, that means also family, you know, the people that support you. Uh, I think if you don't have great habits, it's tough to really be great at anything. So you got to really develop some great habits. And I, I really believe uh, when I talked about uh, my head high school coach telling me I can go to the next level and the grad assistant telling me I can go to the next level, I think also you have to be careful what you let in your soul and what you take in. A lot of times we have to feed ourselves the right things. And I was able to do that. Right. You know, I just fed myself the right things. I, I didn't really listen to any um, negative comments. I know that going to the NFL is usually a 1% chance of getting in there, but I felt like that stat did not matter to me. It, it wasn't my stat. It was just for, Others, I believe that I could play, but I, I think that kind of attitude can carry on today as you really try to make sure you're putting in the right things. There's right. so many things that are out there 
that will tell you to put in the wrong things, you know, negativity that's out there. So I just really believe in putting in the right things in your spirit. You do that, I think you're going to be very successful. Absolutely. Do you feel that not only the commitment that you made to yourself, but do you think the that others believing in yourself, you know, like you said, the coach, you know, that they said you're going to make it, you know, they can see it in you. Do you think that motivation is something that, you know, we need to put out there? Like you said, it's what you feed into your soul. But do you think that motivation helped you or you just knew you already knew from that time throwing that ball up in the air that you were going to do it regardless? Or how does that motivation work for you? It, it, it really worked together, to be honest with you. What When my high school coach told me, I was sitting at his desk and he was talking to me. It just really fed what I, I knew. I was like, wow, somebody else sees it as well, not just me. So it was good that I had the confidence that I could do it, but it was also great that he fed into that as well. And he poured that into me. And then when I got to college, it was the same thing. I was just working out, and this guy came, comes up to me, and I wasn't playing. I was redshirted, so I didn't play any of that year. But he came up to me and said, you keep working the way you're working, and you're going to be one of the best. And I welcomed wow. that. I was like, yeah, okay, I accept that. And I, I really feel that that's important because a lot of times when people are feeding us something, mm-hmm. and, and you can't buy into everyone, but people who really care and want to see you be successful – I think a lot of times when I say, like, for example, that's a very pretty dress you got. Most people will, they will reject that compliment. Or if they see something, or if you see something in someone, and you say, like, yo, you can do this. You really can. I see the great potential. I think we have to recognize that we need to accept that. Accept it. And feed that into our souls and not reject it. A lot of times we are so against, you know, accepting Gifts. Compliment the gifts. Right? So I believe in accepting compliments. So anytime I get a compliment, man, I'm just trying to, you know, feed that in my soul. And I think that's important for everybody to do. I, I feel like as a parent, you need to do that for your kids. You know, a lot of times we get frustrated, but we have to understand that their age bracket is different from our age bracket. And when you become a parent, you know, you have an awesome responsibility of nurturing a, a human spirit. So a lot of times we have to be, you know, we have to be encouraging to our kids, encouraging to our friends, our family, and feed them great things. And I I think now with all the information that we do have, that we need to consume the right information. I I think there's a lot of negative information out there, and we need to be very careful and consume the right information. Right. Right. I agree. I agree. And, and 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 like I always say, you know, I learn something new every time I speak to someone, you know, I get something from it. Like you said, feeding your soul. And I never looked at it as taking a compliment or your gift and just accepting it. I never looked at it that way because like you like the scenario you gave, that dress looks good, you know. Oh, this old thing, you know, mm-hmm. or you know, you kind of brush it off. You don't accept it. You don't be happy to hear it. So yeah, I'm, I, I got to work on that myself. So thank you for even sharing that because I never looked at it that way. It's hard to accept for some reason. I don't know why we try to fight it off, but thanks for sharing yeah. that, Mr. Kirkland. Well, I think a lot of times our environment does that for us. I think a lot of times, uh, especially we would say Southeast, 
East Black Americans, you know, we're we've always, especially when we go to church. A lot of times, we have always taught to be humble, um, not to be that bold. And I, I think it should be really the opposite that we should be able to be very bold and really declare what we can and cannot do. I, I think it does no one any good when we play small. And we're, but we've been kind of taught that way. And you, you can, I can understand, you know, I can understand why that may be the case, you know, especially like I said, being, being from South Carolina and, you know, the hardships that African-Americans had to go through. So I I get it in a lot of ways, but I I think it's a new time. And I think now is the time for us to change that around and to, you know, be bold, you know, um, really not hold back and go after what you really want in life. Wow. Wow. Well, I'm taking it and I'm accepting what you're saying going (laughs) forward. (laughs) Well, good, 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 good. How did you feel um, when you were drafted to the Pittsburgh Steelers? What was that first initial feeling when that name was called? Wow. It's amazing, but I have a good story behind that. Okay. So, when I got drafted in 1992, it was a lot different than getting drafted now. It's not all the hoopla that they have, you know. When I I, I kind of had a feeling that I wasn't going to go first round, but I really felt strongly that I was going to go second round. And I really honestly wanted to go with the Pittsburgh Steelers. I met Coach Cower earlier. We had some great conversations. And back then, you know, it was like you're doing – your job interviewing, you had to you had to do a lot of interviewings and just telling them about you, and you had to really sell yourself. And I felt like with the Pittsburgh Steelers, there was a connection there with me, Coach Kyra and the staff. So before before uh, Pittsburgh was going to draft me, it was like everybody had like fifteen or ten minutes before they put their name out there and say who they're going to pick. So I went to my sister. I went. I was at my sister's house. My my family was there. Just my uh, immediate family. And I went into the bathroom and I looked in the mirror and I said, they're going to pick me. They're going to pick me. They're going to pick me. I actually went to the kitchen table. I sat by the table and believe it or not, if she's, if she's listening, my niece picked up the phone, the phone rang. My niece picked up the phone before I could get it. And she was like, it's for you. And I'm like, okay. So I got on the phone is Tom Donahoe who was a general manager at the time. And he said, hey, LaVon, this is Tom Donahoe. Mm-hmm. Just want to let you know that we're considering picking you. And I'm like, considering? Okay. And then the next second, a guy named Charles Bailey got on the phone that um, a, a, a black gentleman that we became really good friends. And he was like, he talked kind of like this. He was like, um, uh, Kirkland, do y'all have cable TV in Lamar, South Carolina? I was like, <laughs> I'm not in Lamar, but yeah, we got cable TV. Do y'all have ESPN? I'm like, yeah, man, we got ESPN. Stop playing with me. He's like, hey, congratulations. You, you, you're with a black and gold. And just a few minutes, I saw my name on the ticker. And ESPN didn't even show a highlight of me. They're just like, hey, listen, the draft, uh, we have to go to wrestling or karate. That's the uh, first day of the draft. See you, see you tomorrow. But I saw my name. I was like, yes, gave the thumb up. My brothers and sisters went 
Absolutely nuts. I think yeah. my parents were just eating. They just took it really calm and cool, like they always did. But I was thrilled because, you know, this was a dream of mine from 11 years old. And I had to really go through that whole journey and to get to the point where they actually call me and your name comes up. And I was drafted pretty high. Uh, nobody in my town has ever did that before. And I thought, like, man, it, it's something to have an imagination, to have a vision of yourself, and to see it come through. Even after a long period of time, I really didn't share that with anybody. I just made that decision, and that was it. And it felt amazing. It, it really felt amazing when they, they were just like, hey, man, we really want you to be a part of this organization. So I was thrilled. I really was. I had so much energy. You could not believe it. I actually drew. I actually drove back from Sumter all the way to Clemson. I was that. I, I had. I was just wow. so. Hyped. I was just so hyped. That's great. That's great. And it's great that you you know you can share that and and it gives us butterflies. It gives us tingles because that's just an amazing feeling. I can only imagine. But, you know, thanks for sharing that with us. I do have a question, though. Um, okay. We talk about imagination and things, you know, because some parents, for some reason, feel, you know, that maybe they'll they'll shed, shed it down. You having a, a sense of imagination or or I don't know. I used to play like I was a teacher with my imaginary students, you know, just things of that sort. Do you feel like if you didn't have such the loving family and the parents that you had, do you feel like that imagination was needed? If you get what I'm asking, like, do you feel like you needed that to to mold you into who you are today, playing in that front yard with that football? Maybe you play with, you know, people from your area or just playing plays by yourself. Do you feel that sense of imagination is kind of needed? Oh, yeah, most definitely. You know, most kids, I mean, we, we are in that fairy tale land, that Disneyland, and that's the way we perceive the world. And a lot of times your parents are more so like, I got to pay that credit card bill. And, mm-hmm. you know, luckily for me, fortunate for me, I came from a, a great environment. And I really feel that having that imagination and coming from a supportive um, background, a supportive um, environment was tremendous for me. It helped me to be able to do that to believe and to really feel good about myself because, you know, my sister, Barbara, she went to, she was the first one to go to college. And then my brother Laverne went to college after her mm-hmm. and then my sister Sandra, then, you know, my brother Abba went to the military. So I saw my sister Angela went to college. So I saw success in my wow. family a whole lot. And you know what they say sometimes, man, I mean, that environment, you put yourself in a, if you're not in a great environment, you know, um, you know, if there's like nine crack dealers and you're around a lot of those crack dealers, you're going to be the 10th one. So yeah. uh, for me, fortunately, I saw success. I saw what it was like going to college. So I I felt like, yeah, I can do it. And like I said, my parents really provided that environment for us to dream. So, you know, I think it's just up to us as parents or leaders we have to provide a great environment so our our people can grow and that's basically what happened my parents provided a loving situation in order for my imagination to really flow and i i I would basically say that 
if it wasn't for me going, you know, being a part of the Kirkland family, uh, it would have been tougher. Right. Because it definitely plays a part. In, and, you know, like you said, surrounding yourself with people that may be even greater than you, you know, so you it'll push you harder to want to do better and to want to succeed. So that's in family, especially with our friends, our circle of friends that we choose. You want to choose that wisely and be around individuals that strive for greater, strive for the best. And like you said, rather being around people that may be the, you know, whatever, just decide to take another road. So you won't take that road. We kind of mimic each other, whether we know it or not. Start using words someone else is using. So I'd rather be around someone that's very intelligent and, you know, driven yeah. rather than the other way around. No question about it. It's, you know, they, they basically say that if you're around someone, you know, if you're around, just say your car, your car broke down and you had to catch a ride with someone else and they played country music and you had to drive with them for five days or so. They say after a while, you start tapping to that country music. So your environment, who you surround <laughs> yourself with. So what you surround yourself with is um, very important. Uh, I, I feel that in this day and age, there's a lot of positivity also out there. There's negativity out there, but there are a lot mm -hmm. of positive messages out there. And it's up to us to really, like I said, take those things in. And like I said about my family, it was a positive situation. And, you know, fortunately, you know, I got to love my family. You know, a lot of times you don't get to pick your family, but I was fortunate to have a family that I love. They say you love your family, but you pick your friends. You choose your friends. You choose your situation. So I was lucky to have a family and brothers and sisters that I can get along with and connect with, but also different people come in your life. And, um, you know, I've been surrounded by some great you know, not only great athletes, but some great coaches and some great people. And you just want to just be with those people. And I think that's why as an athlete, sometimes you, you know, people do look at you and they really do follow your lead. And I felt that was one of my duties to make sure that I was a positive um, influence on people's lives. And I, I hope that I continue to do that as I march forward. Right. Right. And that's amazing. And Prince says, speaking of, you know, continue to, you know, be a role model. Um, what are you up to today? Well, um, one of the things that I do is I'm the VP of development with the South Carolina Football Hall of Fame. And we educate, empower and encourage our South Carolina students. Uh, mainly we do it with student athletes. Um, it is the Football Hall of Fame. So we kind of are focused on them, I think. As the years go on, we'll be focused on all the students. But one of the things that I was, why I was attracted to the Football Hall of Fame is because we recognize that, you know, in the state of South Carolina, we're ranked like 43rd in college and career readiness as far as our students are concerned. And that came from US.com, USnews.com. And so I felt, you know, very compelled to, I don't know, be, be, be someone that reaches out to these athletes and reach out to the students that are maybe not five-star athletes, you know, students that just need some encouragement because I knew that that's what I needed, some encouragement, that someone's speaking into your life. And I think that's very important. And sometimes we don't always get that from uh, our families or from our friends, and we need that extra support. And I really felt that, 
this organization could be that. Um, in the NFL, they have what they call the NFLPA. And the NFLPA really helps try to help those uh, NFL players throughout their journey. So I thought that why couldn't we be the organization that helps our younger kids through this process? You wow. know, going into the ninth grade, going into high school, what's that like? Are, you know, doing summits, are doing camps, are doing interviews, are really just bringing out those stories. So that's kind of what I'm a part of right now. And we, we just had our Bridge Builders Excellence Award where we gave this guy, uh, Nehemiah, the, the Bridge Award. We feel, feel like that's going to be our Heisman Trophy, given to student athletes who are not only doing well on the football field, but also have great GPAs, Hi. great leaders in the community, just mentors already who really take care of themselves and really who do a great job as far as self-mastering. So I wanted to be a part of that because in my journey, I didn't know another student athlete. I didn't know a guy who played personally, who played in the NFL. So it was kind of like I had to survive also. I mean, I had a great family, but you know, my family didn't play athletics or they didn't play on the level that I played on. So there were some uh, mountains I had to climb and I had to learn a lot of things by myself that I wish I had a mentor that maybe, you know, I'm in the fifth grade or so just saying, hey, this is how we get it done. Here are some life skills that you can use forever. And I am a football person all the way, but I'm going to be honest with you. I think there's there's not enough life skill camps or things that promote, you know, um, skills that can help you throughout life. I, I know there's a lot of football camps and all that and a lot, a lot of football training, and I'm for that in ways. But I think also we need to give our athletes some other skills that actually football really teaches them. You know, the football gives you a lot of life skills. Sports gives you a lot of life skills. So, you know, I'm just trying to be that advocate for our students and try to get us out of the 43rd rank into the top 10. Right. And I, I feel like that's a movement that is huge. But, hey, why not? I'm really I'm – I'm willing to try it and see what happens. And I hope a lot of people will follow us and get on board and commit to our movement. Right. Well, kudos to you. That's a – amazing that's giving back you know and then to south carolina you know where you where you're from where you're birthed so that's amazing thank you so much for that um uh, well thank you so much for thank you so much for supporting we really need you know we really need that we really need your support so yeah it's um it's kind of like a calling it really is i people always think that i supposed to be a minister or so but <laughs> I, I don't know about that. I, my father was a minister, and he was an amazing minister. And I have a sister who's a minister and a sister-in-law. And, you know, my people are, you know, they, they're kind of holy rollers. But, you know, I, I feel like this is um, something that is needed. I feel like it's a movement that's needed. And, you know, my, my goal is to take us to that next level. And like you said before, you know when you're going to do it. So you can speak it. You know it's going to happen. You're going to take us to the next level. Yeah, you know, when you make a 100% commitment, 
Um, you make up your mind, you make the decision, it's going to happen. You know, a lot of times it's like when people are trying to go on a diet, they say, let me try this for 30 days. They say basically it's better if you make that lifetime commitment. to it. If you make the lifetime commitment to it, 100 percent of a commitment to anything, you're going to get it done. I'm going to get it done. Be committed to yourself, be, you know, because we all out here, we want relationships and things. You want to be in a committed relationship, but we have to commit to ourselves. If we can't do it to ourselves, how are we going to be committed to someone else? Not just as far as, you know, being monogamous, but with your goals, you know, with your values, your morals. We have to we have to be committed to ourselves. Well, yeah, you know, a lot they're talking about one of the biggest things that's being out there now is, I think, self-love. And mm -hmm. I think you have to make sure that you are hugging yourself every day, giving that unconditional love. And when you give that unconditional love to yourself, you're able to give that love to everybody else. So, um, you know, hopefully I am giving myself a lot of self-love and then I can give that love to, you know, other student athletes. And the reason why I feel this way, because I was that student athlete that didn't have enough information and now that we have so much information, we want to make sure that we're giving the right information. I know that my knowledge and my experience is not only to benefit myself, but really to benefit others. Absolutely. And we we all have, and we should all take that that mantle that our experience and knowledge is for the benefit of others. And I really feel that way as far as student athletes are concerned, students that you know, I've been through, I've been through it all and I've won a lot and I have lost some, but it's, you know, I'm at the age now that it's really just time to just really give it back to others. Okay. Yeah. And see, so you got it. You're all well around because some people may have that athletic side, you know, to give them the oomph they need to be on the field. But like you said, you have that self-love. You, you had that since you were little because you kind of taught yourself you were adamant about knowing how to play football you know so you had that self-love to give it back to yourself so now you have it all the way around where you'll be able to give it back to others and that's amazing because some of us may lack one and have the other and vice versa but you have it all to be able to give it back and, and show our young men and women you know that they can do it but you got to be able to to do everything else that comes with it you know you got to have that self-love well, I, I really, truly believe that. But I also believe it's about having a growth mindset as well. A lot of times as adults, we tend to be fixed on what we believe. And we don't really open my, our minds to the possibilities. And I feel like what I'm going to embark on is really not about me preaching to anyone or telling someone what they should do. It's about educating, empowering, and encouraging them. And that's what a really good coach does. And, you know, I'm not, it's a conversation. You know, what can we do to help you get better? That's the conversation. We're not saying, you know, pointing our fingers and saying, you should do this and you should do that. We're just trying to dig deep and dig it out to you and have that, have that conversation that we could we could figure it out together. There's no reason why people should be in this world alone. You know, I, I always say this about America. There's no reason why we should have homelessness in America. It's, that's amazing to me. That's craziness. And I, I think there's no reason why 
uh, a small child or a young adult can be successful and have some resources. It doesn't have to always come from your parents or your family. It can come from others. And, you know, I also feel this, and this is real talk. When I talk to people, I, I tell them this straight up. I'm like, listen, you may you might not think it involves you that you don't have a skin in the game because we tend to take care of our own. But if we don't really take care of our young people, um, don't be surprised when they come and they rob and they steal and they put a gun in your face because you know what we didn't do? We didn't do a good enough job helping them to get to the next level. And we didn't um, take care of our youth. My mother used to always say that, you know, older people need to be careful how they treat young people. And I feel the same way. If you don't treat your youth, like even in church, you know, if you don't treat them right, you know, it's going to backfire and they're not going to help and support you. And that's how I feel about what what we do with the South Carolina Football Hall of Fame. Okay, seemed like I went kind of here we go again. Look, <laughs> I do apologize. You're back. That's okay. I get but, it. Yeah, we have to go. It went out again. <laughs> but yeah, we all understand, like we said before, things happen. But you know, I really enjoyed this. You know, just the conversation that we had. I feel like we think so much alike because I always tell my kids, you you can't live in this world alone. You know, a lot of people feel like I don't need anybody or this and that. We do at the end of the day. And then we have people like you that don't mind giving knowledge back, sharing knowledge, helping people succeed. So I wish we had you times a million. You know, so our little people, our next generation can can feel like they, they can do something with themselves and they have people to have their back. That's what I want to do. I want to be able to help people. I want to have their back. I want to give them the resources if I can't give it to them myself. So that's why I do Let's Sip and Talk with Freeman. By having you on, it just really gave me the oomph I needed to say, Freeman, you know, whether it helped one person or two people today, somebody heard his story and someone's going to take it and run with it and succeed at whatever their dream is. So I really thank you so much for, you know, sharing your story and giving us those motivational words that you did give us today. Um, but before we end this segment, is there anything you would like to share with us, put out there in the universe? Wow. Yeah, I, I, I think. I, I do want to do that, I, but I also want to say thank you so much for having me on your show. You didn't have to do that. I appreciate it. But I just feel this way, that our light is supposed to shine and that we need to make sure that we help others shine their light as well. Our lives are about serving others. I feel very strongly about that. And maybe it's not in a way where I give out a big donation, but a lot of things that changed me around is some of the books that I read, some of the people that I listened to that gave me an encouraging word. And I just kind of took that and learned from it. So I really, really want to urge everybody to make sure that we're taking in the right things, making sure that, you know, that we're listening to the right podcast, that we're listening to the right words, that we don't get too caught up in the negativity. And if we do that, man, we can make this world a better place. But we have to start doing that with ourselves, making sure that we we are the people that are leading by light and not by fear. There it goes again. I'm sorry. Okay, <laughs> you continue to talk. I hope they heard all that good stuff. I do. I, heard it. I, hope, I hope they did too. I'm but um, yeah, 
And it, you know, if you can, if you can also support, you know, nonprofits like the South Carolina Football Hall of Fame that's trying to do some great, that's doing great work out there. Uh, whoever you support, make sure that you support them and that you help them out. We all, we all need that support. We all need our teammates, as I always say. So uh, let's do that, man. Make this world a better place. Oh, I love it. Thank you so much. And y'all heard it yourself from Mr. LeVon Kirkland. Let's let's all get together, support. It's more than one way to support, you know, and make this world a better place. Share the video. People can hear his story. People can hear his words. It's very touching. We need other people to hear this as well. LeVon Kirkland, again, thank you so much. I apologize for the technical difficulties, um, but this was a great show. It's very informative, and thanks for sharing it with us. And as we always say on Let's Sip and Talk with Freema, peace and love. All right. Peace and love to you. Thank Take you. care. You too.